Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, hello. My name is Max Bernardi. That's Johnny Summers, and this is a podcast called Fresh Hop Cinema. Johnny, please tell people what this show is about. It's about craft beer and movies. We cover roughly two beers, sometimes more, and at least one movie. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes more. more. <laughs> so at least two boobie, two boobies? Boobies. Boobies. Yeah. <laughs> that's a beer and movie collaboration. Sure. Yeah, so that's what we do. We cover new stuff every week. It's fun, and hopefully we give you a good insight onto both the beverages and the films. This week we're covering Booksmart and some beers yeah if you haven't seen Booksmart yet don't worry we're not going to spoil anything till the very end of the show we'll give you plenty of heads up we'll say spoiler alert multiple times it won't happen until what we call the danger zone so uh you know if you haven't go see it it's fairly new it just came out this weekend um but i would say from the get i would encourage you to go see it because i think it was uh worth our time it was real good yep johnny for new listeners or old listeners that don't remember if you're a forgetful old listener where like can, me, where can they find us on Insta on Instagram? Where, where can they find us on Instagram, man? Uh, at Fresh Hop Cinema Perfect. on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also at our website, freshhopcinema.com. And you can find us on Untapped and Letterbox for movie and beer reviews. Yeah. Uh, real quick follow up for our website stuff. We've been talking the past couple of weeks about voting on our website poll to decide between two movies, Booksmart and Brightburn. I did want to just follow up on that, even though we are going to be doing both movies. Um, there was a pretty pretty mixed feedback. We got um, between like Facebook and Twitter and our website. Uh, it leaned a little bit towards Booksmart. I think that won by like ten or fifteen percent. But All right. uh, enough people were like, "Yeah, it could be fun to do do Brightburn as well." Okay, so it works out. We're going to do both. Well, I voted for Brightburn, <laughs> sure, but I did want to see this one too. Yeah, yeah, I, I did too. It's a win win. Uh, needless to say, before any more movie nonsense, I think we dive into beer. Let us. I don't want to dive into I it. I do. You want to dive into Just it? Just a big, a big pool of this would be great. Yeah, like a, like a big Chico Creek. There you go. Well, nice man. Really well done. Yeah, Max with the beer puns never <laughs> fails. Yeah, we're going to be drinking Big Chico Creek. This is a very limited brewery, only release that they came out with late last year from Sierra Nevada Brewing. From Sierra Nevada. Yep, you had to go there and get it, which I did for the love of this podcast. I got up early and hung over on a Saturday morning and stood in line at like eight a.m. in cold December. Yeah, something like that. I think it was December. But yeah, this is a Belgian-style Lambic Creek, barrel-aged. You're going to get a ton of cherries and some sourness and a bunch of good stuff. And you're also going to get 7.8% alcohol. Yeah, which, again, like feels high to me. I guess I, I always think of Lambics as being like 4.2, 4.5, but this is not that. This is a little, <clears throat> a little carbonated, too. I hear it bubbling up. Yeah, so you said barrel-aged. They added a bunch of cherries in the barrel, which is why you're going to get the, uh, the cherry, especially on this. But I want to read what they wrote on the bottle. I don't think there's too much more. Than what you said, but they said Big Chico Creek is our ode to the classic Belgian lambic. A bright cherry aroma gives way to a bracingly tart and distinct cherry flavor. Fruity but not sweet, this beer finishes dry for an extremely satisfying sour sipper. Pucker up. Oh, pucker up, mother puckers. <laughs> you uh, you tasted it. Yeah, I did. Thoughts? I like it. It is, it's very, very tasty. It is very tart. I want to talk about Creeks for a second and what your expectations should be. I'd love that because that's not what I expected. Uh, yeah. What were you expecting? Uh, I was expecting like sweet and mellow and um, not quite as biting, mm -hmm. but this is not those. There's even some, like spiciness there that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. A lot of Creeks lend themselves to be a bit too sweet, which takes me out of it. Mm. I want a nice balance of the sweetness and the tartness and the tang from the from the barrel and the, the bittering bacteria that I'm assuming they use or whatever, mm. however they fermented this. Right. So yeah, like this is a really interesting beer because it strikes that balance, I think, very well. Yeah. 
Um, I think this is one of their first times they've done a public release of a full-on sour. And this first came out, I think, in no or November, August of 2018. Yeah. So it's been out. They've been have they even done a second round of this that you know of? I do not think so. I don't think no. I haven't seen it around at least. I know for a fact, or at least as close of a fact as I can be sure of without being hundred percent. Ninety-nine percent sure. This is the first time they've done three hundred and seventy-five milliliter bottles too, which is very fun because this might be a little bit bracing in a in a bomber. Yeah, this is a good size for this type of beer for sure, especially this this style and as sour as it is. Yeah, yes. They took a, a pretty strong nod from Russian River because all their sours are in the three seven fives too. Oh, true. The supplication and oh, we should have done that. We could have done two of them. That'd have been fun. I've got one, or I have a consecration. I think. Mm. Which one's the yellow label? Supplication. Okay, I have that. Yeah. <clears throat> Consecration's more like this, right? Yeah. Because uh, it's it aged in, I think, Pinot Noir. Noir? Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's like the most reassuring thing. We're both guessing, but we guess the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah that's probably it. Yeah. Um, so this kind of finishes like a cranberry juice to me. A little bit, huh? Uh, yeah, like it's got that really, really tart, tangy finish um, that I wouldn't associate with cherries. I, I kind of associate cherries with more of like a sweetness. And there is that there, but for sure by the end for me, it's definitely like... Hmm, hello, right in the lymph nodes. Yeah, it's like a cherry that's uh, not quite ripe yet. Yeah. Because I like cherries where they're just kind of squishy. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are so good. You get them at the farmer's market and they're yeah. just like, oh, tastes like cherry pie filling and you're just eating handfuls of them. Right. And then just stuff. pits and all. Oh, yeah. Just, just stop them down. <laughs> Why are these cherries so crunchy? Yeah. No, this is a great beer, though. I think it's a really solid offering for them never releasing a commercial sour before they had done them in the past in small batches and it was for their alpha hop society so it was a member only kind of butte county i think they do some of the memberships out in in carolina at their Mm -hmm. brewery too but yeah before it was super small runs so it's it was interesting to see them come out with a commercial run of this and i think they did it really well i'm super stoked with the the balance and the professional nature of this beer usually your first creek or your first sour, it's like, okay, this is good, but they have things to improve on. Totally. Because this isn't a brewery known for this style. So I think them coming out and doing one that's this solid and well-balanced and really enjoyable is a, a huge victory. Yeah. They also have the um, the Otreves all the time now. And that's a sour, but it's a Goza. So it's certainly not branching into like the Belgian-y type sours. Yeah. Because um, a Goza is not a Belgian beer, is it no, originally? No, Goza is a German, a German style. Beer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. Very impressed by this. I could have sworn it was going to be like a really like overly cherry, like a kind of a one trick pony, mm-hmm. but it's really well-rounded. It's got a really nice presence to it. doesn't quite drink like 7.8% to me, uh, which I think is probably a good thing. I don't know that this beer would do well if it felt really heavy yeah. drinking it. I don't think, I think it'd be, might be a bit too syrupy feeling. Exactly. <clears throat> and then the carbonation level on this here is really nice too. Yeah. It keeps it light. It does. It keeps it a little bit more refreshing, which I like, man. It's Cherry is one of my favorite flavors, and it bums me out when beers screw it up. Because, like, I love yeah. cherry pie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things that are good about cherry flavors that you really want to enjoy it. And there's some good Greeks yeah. out there. There's some some gnarly ones, too. But sure, this one's really good. I've had them that were, like, ugh, they tasted, like, kind of the way hydrogen peroxide smells. Oh, It was just yeah. rough. There's it's, been some bad ones. So good on you, Sierra Nevada. You made a good one. Yeah. Do you remember how much this cost when they released it? It wasn't that much. I want to say I paid like 20 bucks for the two bottles I got. Oh, okay. So it was like probably a 9 or $10 bottle. Do you still have the other one or did you drink it? I drank it with some friends and then this one we got for the show. So, right. Yeah. How, do, you, do you remember how it was compared to now? I feel like these are pretty similar. well. Okay. With yeah. some age on them. But yeah. I we think, haven't given it that much time, I guess. Yeah. With this style, it wouldn't really change much probably for at least a year or two, I would think. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. 
I wish I would have been able to get more, but it was only two per person. So. That's nuts. I didn't realize it was such a limited thing here. Oh, I, yeah. I don't remember hearing about this coming out. Yeah, they posted it on their Instagram, uh, like the Chico Sierra Nevada. They have the different one for the events in Chico. Oh, Did okay. you know that? No. Uh, they posted it on there, I believe, like the day before. And I was like, mm. well, shoot. A couple of people texted yeah, me. Right. And they're like, you should get this. And I'm right. like, yes, yes, I should. I feel like that's such an, like in this town, that seems like such a rare occurrence. Like you always hear stories of beer nerds like, oh yeah, I'm driving down to SAC for like, for like this field work release or like an urban roots thing or Moxa. And like, I don't really hear people like, yo, I'm going to Sierra Nevada to line up at 8am for this cool beer. Yeah. So I think that's kind of neat. I think the opportunity was there and you took it. So good on you. Thanks man. Yeah. It sucked. I was a little hungover, but sure. it was worth it because I live like but yeah. about three quarters of a mile from Sierra Nevada. So yeah. it's fine. I'll, yeah. I'll make that trek. Sure. It's like when you played in the hop yard, I'm like, well, I guess yeah, I'm playing. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Do you mind? You, no. Are you going to be playing there again? Yeah. On Saturday, uh, which is June 1st, everybody. Dope. The, and normally I don't really plug my shows on here, but even it, though I ask you right, all the time, I just don't like to do it most of the time, but this is at a brewery that we love. Um, so come and drink a beer and I'll serenade you. It'll be a lot you, of fun. You don't even pimp <clears> your shows out when you play at 21st amendment though. That's oh, that's true. Well, I just feel like we don't know that many people in the area, but I guess I guess from now on I will because maybe you're listening and you're like, oh, I have a cousin in in the Bay Area or, or in San Leandro or there. whatever it is. Yeah. So good point. I just want to say I have to check the time because it's like an earlier thing. I think I'm I'm playing from like two thirty to like six in the hop yard. Yes. Okay. And they're having like an event or something okay. earlier. So I I don't know that it's open to the public that early, but I think it opens up to the public definitely by three thirty. Okay. So if you're around Chico at three thirty and you know where the hop yard is, yeah, there's like signs. Uh, in the tap room or right by the door when you go in it's, and it says something like there are hop yards right over there. So go, there's music and there's beer and, and whatever. It's a really fun place to hang out. Yeah. To hang out, to hang out, to hang out, whatever to be eventually to hang out in. Um, they get super packed by the way on like Fridays and Saturdays. If you've ever been to the tap room, not the hop yard, the, oh, yes. the restaurant, it's like really, if you're just going to get a beer or two, you have a huge weight. A lot of the times so mm-hmm. just come out of the hop yard. Yeah. And then, yeah. When I went out to great. see you play a couple weeks ago, I was commenting that to a couple people I was with, like, Makes way more sense. If I want to come get a beer, I would just yeah. come out here. Right. Um, friend of the show, friend of mine, friend of yours, Kyle was playing out there. Um, I think it was last weekend at this point. And you were there when I played. It was pretty slow. Mm-hmm. It was slamming. Was it? Yeah. Um, mine was the first of the season, I think. So now that it's been going for about a month, I think it's been picking up a little bit. That's cool. So uh, still, I think it's quicker to get a beer there than the tap room, but it still might be tough. But, you know. Most have fun. The, most of the time when he plays, I'm probably going to come hang out too. So it'd be a good way to connect with the show and yeah. come shoot the breeze. And we could sh- talk podcast stuff. Swap some stories and yeah. tell me secrets. It'll be great. Okay. Let's rate this beer. Let's rate this beer. Uh, this rating is not influenced in any way by Sierra Nevada Brewing Incorporated, which is now employing young Maxwell. So. Oh, shoot. <laughs> 10 for me. <laughs> 10 for me, this dog. This beer's a 10. It's a yeah. miracle. <laughs> uh, no, what do, you, what do you think, man? Out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give this beer an 8.2. I think mm. it's tremendous. I think personally, it could be about 20% less sour for me. And that's simply personal preference. I'm not the biggest on sours. Right. So if this was like just a hair more jammy and yeah. like I said, it was well balanced, but I would like it if it was a little bit more sweet. Okay. But not like like way too sweet. You right. Know what just I mean? a hair. But that's super personal preference. Yeah. I wouldn't change this beer by much, but eight, two, it's a solid beer. It's a Good, good first sour offering from them. Totally. Uh, I'm going 8.5. 8.5, I feel like this is a very good beer. Um, There's not a whole lot I dislike. I'm just a person that doesn't do super well with really tart sours. Like this whole time we've been talking, I'm like trying to make sure my mouth doesn't water too much. Like (laughs) every time I take a sip, it's just like, okay. It's lip smacking good. Yeah. Um, No, it's really good. It's a bit just overwhelming. I think the style of beer for me personally is just Mm -hmm. a bit much. 
Um, so like, even if I had to drink this whole bottle by myself, I would not be a happy camper. Yeah. It's a lot. It it's really great split, is. Though. It is. It's a good share beer. Yeah. Uh, if anybody knows if you can still get this, you can't uh, shoot. Never mind. Yep. If anybody still has one of these and wants to share it uh, at one of our events via Patreon or something, save it for us. That'd be a lot of fun. We could all share it and like analyze it and stuff. Yeah. And or unless you don't want to, then just drink it yourself. We don't care. <laughs> but it's a fun, fun sharing beer. Yeah, it is, is the point. It's a good time, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the novelty of getting out to Sierra Nevada to like get a release. Yeah, it's weird. It made me. It is weird, and it shouldn't be weird. I'd yeah. like it to be more of a commonplace occurrence that they do small batch Chico only stuff, right? Uh, because that's what cool breweries do. Yeah. Like I would love that if I was fired up to run down there and grab a beer. Yep. From lately, it's just been you know. I want to grab a six pack of something relatively right. affordable, which is tough because I think like the, the, what do you call it? The gift shop is more expensive than like most bottle, not most, but like hey, quality bottle shops. Dragging your employer under the bus here. But I know, man, but I'm like, <laughs> come on. It is. It's because they're, they're banking on the tourist dollar. Right. I think we've anything. talked about this before. Yeah. Cause you can go to like food max. That's sure. like 200 yards away and get a way cheaper sixer, yeah. but it's whatever. They're not way cheaper. They're, they're like a dollar more, but in terms of six and $7, that's way cheaper. Yeah. So, either way. Either way. It's fun buying beers at the gift shop, though. It is. And I've noticed they have been doing a bit more of this special release stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they did a a Mexican hot chocolate stout that they did in 22-ounce bottles that they released about a month or two after this one. I don't remember that. It was a brewery only. Had to go down and get it. So, you should follow their... their, uh, It's called Sierra Nevada Chico. You can look it up on Instagram and follow it, and you get a bit more in touch. They cover, like, the hop yard events and stuff, so... Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing to have if you live in Chico. It'll help you stay in touch with the the happenings at Sierra Nevada. Cool. Well, I will I will do that for sure. Cool. So we're putting the Big Chico Creek to bed. Uh, we will be revisiting it because it's getting hot. I will be jumping in the creek before too long. Very, very good. Very good call. Thank I you. Agree. Yes, it's almost creek time. Want to get into flick picks? Let's pick some flicks, bro. Okay. Uh, we each have a movie this week, so I don't know how much time you want to spend. I don't know what yours is, actually. Yeah, it's a mystery. Um, Wrapped in an enigma. So I guess I'll just ask, do you want to spend a lot of time on yours or a little, if you had to pick? A little. All right. Why don't you go first? Because okay. I'll probably do a little as well. And you have two movies. More. Yeah, I'm not only going to do one. I want you to- I'll mention least, the You have to yeah, at least sure. comment on sure. Suspiria. Yeah, okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So yeah, my movie this week was Headhunter. What is that? I got to look it up on my letterbox because I don't remember what year it <laughs> well, came out. Well, then really, really briefly while you're looking it up, uh, Suspiria, I followed up with, you watched it a while back. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to make a point to watch this. It was a remake kind of, of a, I think, 69 or 71 film by Dario Argento uh, with Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton and others. And I watched it uh, the other night and it scared me a lot and it was very good and like really visceral and the practical effects were great mm-hmm. and the soundtrack was effective and overall I enjoyed it, but I won't watch it again. Nice. Okay. Very cool. I liked it. I'm glad you followed up on that. Yeah. It was worth a watch. And I yeah. want you to watch yeah. the old one now. Right. You have to. It was so good. So my flick pick was a movie called The Headhunter. Right. Which is a Viking monster horror suspense movie, which okay. if you're thinking of me and a movie that was made for me to enjoy, that's going to be right in that ballpark. What year was that? Uh, 2018. Oh, directed okay. by Jordan Downey. It's pretty bare bones. There's three people listed in the credits. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like kind of B-movie-ish? Uh, it really walks the line between B-movie horror and kind of art house. There was some really cool scenes and some great camera shots. But the overall synopsis is, um, I'll just briefly, for my my own memory, I'm not going to read the thing on yeah. okay. Letterbox. but it's a guy, a Viking man seeking vengeance 
for his slain child and he has to hunt monsters to like get the monster that killed her. Okay. And there's a lot of depth to it and layers and there's maybe 10 lines of dialogue. Oh really? Yeah. It's a really interesting, almost silent movie. There was a lot of grunting and cause I mean, he lives primarily alone in a hut and hunts monsters and there's uh, lots of heads on his wall. So there's a ton of practical effects, which I thought were really cool. Really well done. I really dug the the look of the movie. It had some cool shots. It was filmed, looked like Iceland or somewhere cool like yeah. that. There's some big wide shots of him like walking through a valley with mountains That's in the great. background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really worth a watch. Yeah, I, there's a couple of people on Letterboxd that I really uh, appreciate their insight. And, mm-hmm. and one of them said they compared this to a sky. They called it a minimalist Skyrim adaptation. Oh, that's a great which analogy. I, which might be real. Like I, I don't know the actual facts here, but they also no. said, it, okay, it was made on a budget of $30,000. Beautiful. Uh, which is great. That's that's so hard to do with a movie. And like you said, like very minimalist dialogue here. Um, but they also called it a character study, which is very interesting. Yeah, a little bit. I could see that. Yeah. Would you say it was more about sort of the journey of killing the monsters or more about this guy's sort of internal journey? A little bit of both. And there was some like horror-y sci-fi supernatural stuff to deal with too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Where'd you watch it? Uh, At home. This was actually a Redbox find. Oh, gotcha. I was very surprised that they had kind of an indie horror film in the red box, but I just, right. I pop in there every once in a while. I'm getting groceries to see if there's any hidden treasures. And yeah, I didn't really want to rent like the three newest, like Kevin Hart and Dwayne the rock Johnson movies. Their selection is usually pretty limited, but every once in a while you'll find something good. hiding in there. And you had, you heard of it before you just saw it. Okay. No, I had, I've actually shared the poster on our Instagram and and it's been on my watch list for a while. So it was surprising to find an indie watch list from my letterboxd in a red box. Yeah. That's weird. Sort but of. the red box and the letter box. Yeah, the boxes combined. They boxed up. Every now and again. Yeah. So that's my flick pick. The, the Headhunter. Head it was pretty cool. Okay. I'm going to see if we can... You should find out uh, while I'm talking here in a second about if you can find it online. Okay. Because uh, I think that would be nice to know because not everybody's going to have access to the same red box. Probably. Or, exactly. Um, I Although I, I'd wager they have it at all the best as well or any wherever you live, if you have a video rental store that is any quality, they might have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my flick pick in just a second is is Good Time. And last week I talked about High Life, which I saw at the pageant theater starring uh, Robert Pattinson. That was a film by Claire Denis. Had a whole bunch of people in it that I won't rehash now. But if you want to hear about High Life, that was last week's episode. Um, and I remember thinking at one point that um, Robert Pattinson is like really doing some good things, like forging a name for himself, especially after Twilight, which is hard because that's it was one of those movies, series of movies that like, can lock you into a certain typecast. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done a really good job of breaking that. And I've ever since I thought that I've been seeing it pop up, like Robert Pattinson, like breaking the molds. He's the next greatest actor of the generation. And I knew that good time had come out and I wanted to watch it. Um, so I did, I found it on Amazon prime, which was super lucky or maybe it was Hulu. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, speaking of streaming though, do you have an answer for me? I do not. It's right. not available anywhere online okay. yet. Got it. Um, so I found it, let's say it was on Amazon. It was a 2017 film. It was directed by Benny and Josh Safdie. They're these two director brothers. They've done some other stuff that I have not seen, so I won't try to fake it. But I will read the synopsis for this really briefly, uh, and it goes thusly. After a botched bank robbery, Lance's younger brother in prison, Connie, played by Robert Pattinson, embarks on a twisted odyssey through the city's underworld in an increasingly desperate and dangerous attempt to get his brother Nick, played by Benny Safdie, that's one of the directors, out of jail. Okay. Um, it's this weirdly like neon lit awesome adrenaline adventure the poster looks really cool it's a it's a fantastic movie i want to say that straight away it's really really good um he is an anti-hero in a lot of senses he's uh 
like this, this movie is a big commentary on like, um, like predatory capitalism, lots of race relation stuff that is fascinating to, uh, dissect, especially after watching it. It's kind of tough to figure out where the movie's going as you're in it. Um, but he's this like creature of instinct and will do whatever it takes to, to achieve whatever his goal is. Um, and I don't want to say too much about the movie in terms of plot because I don't want to give anything away, but it is really, really well done. Uh, he's fantastic in it. I think the movie itself is just cinematically very well made. Okay. Uh, soundtrack is great. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you get a chance. Again, that's a good time. And it's on the internet. It's available on Amazon Amazon yeah, Prime Amazon Video. Amazon Prime. Amazon Amazon Prime. Yeah. For f- streaming. Yeah. With your membership, so it's free. You don't yeah. have to pay for it, which is or always like nice. rent it for like four bucks, probably. Mm-hmm. That's how much those movies cost on Amazon, I think. Yeah. When you, if with like the non primable ones. Yeah. Like four bucks. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. So check that out if you'd like. Cool. Uh. Yeah. Those are my flicks. I just so, put it on my watch list. Nice, dude. Deal I'm surprised with it. it wasn't on there. Well, man, you can't be everywhere at all times. That's true. You know, I try. I try. Uh, well, you want to go to break? Let's take a break. We're going to be back with Booksmart. It is springtime here in Chico. The college just graduated. If you're over 21 and you're done being book smart and you're beer smart, you should head down to the Handlebar Chico because they've got an amazing draft beer selection. Yeah, and they also have a happy hour seven days a week, everybody. From 2 to 6 p.m., you get a dollar off any of those awesome draft beers. Check out their great food. Check out their cocktails. They're a full-service bar now, and you can have pets on the patio or your kids. Your kids can be inside, too, but... Keep, you know, keep them, on the, keep them on the patio with the other pets. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, go check out the handle, everybody. It's a really good place. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, right on the south end of town here in Chico. They're fantastic. Go be beer smart. the majority of my 20s overcompensating for the fact that I never had fun in high school. I went crazy. You know I'm banned from Jamba Juice? Like, not a single Jamba Juice, like every Jamba Juice. And I could not have another mango or go-go ever again. Isn't it crazy that it's the last day? Hey, boy. What you say, boy? Don't talk to her. her. Like a game boy. Oh, oh, sorry, oh. sorry. Sharp elbows. Not as sharp as your chin. What? We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. We are not one-dimensional. We are smart and fun. Woo! Excuse me. Oh, oh. We have to go to a party tonight. What? What took them four years? We are doing it one night! No, not acceptable. This is not okay. Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to take my breath away? Get here, girl. Prepare to get bashed. Not in like a violent way, completely consensual bashed. Prepare to get consensually bashed. I'll say I'll have them change it. Mace, listen, it is very important that you keep the safety. Used to think you all work and don't play, but you're actually pretty fun. Fair townspeople, make thy plans to attend the drama department's summer program, Shakespeare in the Park. King Lot. <laughs> 
What we did in my summer program last year in Barcelona, when I lived in Barcelona. Don't say we're having a date night. Why? It's funny your parents think we're boning. What you we two do. have is special. We are going to show each other how much we care about each other. We'll probably just do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words. Academic overachievers Amy and Molly thought keeping their noses to the grindstone gave them a leg up on their high school peers. But on the eve of graduation, the best friends suddenly realized that they have may have missed out on the special moments of their teenage years. And determined to make up for lost time, the girls tried to cram four years of not-to-be-missed fun into one night. A chaotic adventure that no amount of book smarts could prepare them for. Yes, that was the synopsis, roughly, of uh, Booksmart. I love that they crammed the name in there. And synopsis is the wrong word. Summary. There's a difference, I think, right? I think so. Synopsis is like a full breakdown. It's a breakdown of the plot. Yeah. So this is just a brief summary of that movie. It's directed by Olivia Wilde, and it stars Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Fieldstein and others that we will get into as Amy and Molly. And we just saw it. We left the theater today. We did. Not an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just about, huh? Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Yeah. Uh, nice reference to my flick pick, which I assume was on purpose. Yep, I'm that funny. And, uh, yep, I'm yeah, brilliant. So, so book smart movie that we've been wanting to see for a while. I think, like I said earlier, it lived up to the hype. I think this movie is funny. It was gut punchy when it needed to be. It was crude when it could be, and didn't push that too far. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a real strong suit. People have compared this movie to Super Bad in a lot of ways. I'm gonna fight those comparisons in a little bit here. I would compare it a little bit more to maybe like Eighth Grade. Uh, sure. A little bit. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Just the, not slice of life, but the, you're in these shoes that you weren't expecting to ever look through the eyes of the people in them. Yeah. So it was an interesting perspective movie like that. Yeah. Like lots of coming of age themes in here. Um, uh, But yeah, I guess off the bat, what did you think before we get into specifics? I really liked it. I thought it was well done for a lot of the reasons that you just spoke about. It was, it struck a nice balance between the crudeness and the seriousness and the comedy and the drama it was really not too heavy-handed in any one of those elements, mm-hmm. and it was not too fairy tale-ish. It didn't have this pretty bow-tie, happy ending for a lot of situations that other movies might have wrapped up a bit more, right? You know, with a bow. So it was nice. It was really captured the imperfection of the high school experience. Yeah, in like a weirdly nostalgic way, like because this is a movie that takes place in two thousand and nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nothing like my high school experience. Me neither. I didn't go to high school. Oh, well, there you go. Is that true? Yeah. I, I was on home. Yeah, you're homeschool. Yeah. Um, well, in any case, my high school experience is nothing like this, but I was going to ask, is this what like the last day of senior year is like? Is this no. what it was like? No. I mean, okay. the, the, what Olivia Wilde gets right is like the, the vibe and the feeling like the camaraderie or rivalry or what like stupid little stuff between classmates that just triggered a memory. I was like, I know exactly what that feeling yeah. is. And the intensity of emotion, like everything's yeah. all your emotions are so big when you're that age. Yeah. I feel like that that's a comparison that eighth grade. Uh, well, eighth grade was obviously more because you're more that way when you're, I think 12 or 13 mm-hmm. or 14, however old you are in eighth grade. Um, but I think there are elements of that in this as well. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, um, I think what this movie also does really well is representation. I think this could have been a very easily, very easily been like, um, in terms of cast, a, a one just a bunch of white boys doing. It. I think that movie's been made a bunch. Yeah. Um, this movie has people of color. It has gay people. Mm-hmm. And there's there's everybody in between here, and there's different personalities. Like you're not just stuck with like the jocks and like one nerdy girl. 
like you, you get to meet all sorts of different people in this movie. I think it was really, really good. And the cast is phenomenal. Yeah, it was. And it was cool to see the gay best friend not yeah. have that be the centerpiece of her personality and like the only identity that she has. Like it was really non cliche of them to write this movie that way. And it's refreshing because like a mm-hmm. gay person is not just that. Right. You know, it's like, that's cool that she had goals and more going on in her life. And it wasn't just about that. Yeah. Thing. Getting the girl or the guy. Yeah. Or and, that, and that's a, a stereotype and a cliche that a lot of these style of movies fall into. So I think this movie could have very easily, like you said, just become a giant cliche. Right. I mean, like that's kind of one of the biggest differences I noticed between this and super bad was if I'm not mistaken, the whole premise of like, I think all of those guys in that movie is to essentially go to this party to get laid. Mm hmm. By these hot girls. And most of the quest of Superbad was to get alcohol to the sure. party. Okay, to to get laid, right? Yeah. To, like, to ply the uh-huh. women with alcohol and yeah. then have sex with them. Yeah. Um, and there is, uh, maybe not obviously so predatory in this one, but there is an element of like, yeah, we want to go hook up with people that we have crushes on. But it's not the driving force of this movie, which I feel like is a huge strength. Yeah, the driving force is, in fact, their desire for life experience, which yeah. they've realized they've missed out on because they spent too much time on academics. There's a really pivotal scene early in the movie, not much of a spoiler, where sure. uh, Beanie Feldstein's character is in the bathroom and hears all these people talking about her. And she goes out and confronts them and like basically says, they're well, not talking well about her. No. They're t- okay. Yeah. Just talking to, just very clear. badly. Yeah. Like she's, uh, what did they say? An emotional butterface. Yeah. They said her, she's like a butterface. A personality. But with her personality, like one dude is like, no, I totally have sex with her, but I just put a bag over her personality. Yeah. Uh, very hurtful things. Yeah. Just rough stuff. And so she comes out to defend herself and it's like, you know, that's cool. You guys think like that, but I'm still going to be kicking ass next year. While you're, you know, in prison or, you know, just basically dogging on them. And she finds out that the one girl in the bathroom is going to the same school as her, which which is is Yale. Yale. Yeah. So not like they're both going to community college or something. And like like one's going to work for Google and uh, one's going to play soccer at Stanford. Like she realized that these people that she has been looking down on because they party and are enjoying the high school experience have also taken their academics seriously. Yes. And were able to do the best of both type thing. Mm -hmm. And. She's basically this movie, the impetus of it is that crap, I've missed out on having fun and should have maybe done that. Right. And that's, that's like, like the impetus, the catalyst for this is like, oh, look at, she goes and tells just to, again, Beanie Fieldstein plays Molly, uh, Caitlin Deaver is Amy. The so, movie's pretty much 100% about them yeah. too. Everyone else is the supporting cast for right. those two. So Molly is like, we got to go to this party now. It's, that's the hard part of the movie for me. There's always sort of this driving, um, initiation of this idea and it's like we one last party we got to go to this party we have to and that scene was always a little rough for me whatever the movie is mm-hmm. but it does set off the list of things that need to happen to make this plot go forward so i think it works well enough yeah um well and it, it does help that it's the night before graduation sure. so it like it's believable in the sense that this is legit this is, this is their last chance yeah, they totally. have one night and then yeah. graduation and then whatever it's done so yeah, yeah it's it's interesting that they have basically get massive fomo they're just like pretty much we we have to go party our faces off right now and hilarity ensued where they ended up at several different parties where there was failures and successes and murder mystery god yeah that's <laughs> funny uh did you okay so i guess two things you mentioned hilarity ensues did you find this movie funny in general i did yeah i laughed quite a bit it was a really funny time it was 
well written. I really liked the dialogue. It was snappy and it was believable. I think the two main characters were incredibly well written. Yeah. They were both believable and nuanced characters and they had depth and they were well acted, but also they had some amazing lines to act out. So sure. I think all around they did the the two main characters very well. So I did think this movie was really funny. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of different parties, like trying to get to the main party. Yeah. Um, did all of that work for you? It was a little far-fetched, you yeah. know, but like you kind of have to suspend some disbelief. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah. It was certainly far-fetched. Like a lot of the characters in this movie were kind of like stereotyped personifications of characters that you would meet in high school like yeah. the rich dude the jock you know so they kind of went a little overboard in some aspects of just the personification of those stereotypes but to some extent like they're not the main characters and you want to get the the idea across exactly. so have those people in there that's fine yeah i guess for me it was more like there were a couple of gags and jokes in here that wore out for me pretty quickly like the the gg character mm-hmm. um there's like there's a scene where i care like pops up without the main characters knowing it's like oh didn't see their kind and of she did that so it happens times. like that one i think burned out pretty quick for me and and they do go to like three parties or two before three. before the main one no two yeah two three total um i think by the time the second one happened i was like okay i'm willing to sit through this to get to where they're trying to go but it was it granted the part of the murder mystery kind of thing was funny i wish they would have spent more time on the murder mystery and not on the trip the way they got oh, like, super high see, on drugs. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too, man. Maybe we shouldn't give away the specifics of what that manifests like, but did that work for you? Like the actual, no. okay. That yeah. was one of the weakest parts of the movie. I, I'm so torn there because like the concept of, of what we see is clearly a big talking point in like w- women's perception of their bodies, especially young girls. And it's like, that's really funny mm-hmm. to me. Um, it, but I, I do think it gets dragged out a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, I think it, we'll talk more in the danger yeah, zone, sure. but it would have been funny to have like a cutaway from the hallucina- hallucination yeah. to them in the room. We kind of got that at the end. Yeah, but it would have been funnier, I think, if it would have been in the room, like them standing in front of a mirror. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, they're like, there's those moments that were a touch too long. But I think overall it, it fit the the plot, but it was just there were there were weak points for sure. That's like any fair. movie, there's just going to be peaks and valleys. Right. Um, so I think it's really interesting maybe to discuss like the female director gaze here versus what could have been like a male director. Right. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of like sexuality here, particularly among uh, young women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with a wrong director, probably a dude director, this could have gotten like really gross feeling. You could have, but yeah, it depends. Like there's, there's a couple of like uh, kissing scenes that go a little bit further. And I feel like the, camera never like lingers on that in an inappropriate way. Yeah. Especially something like the pool stuff. Like it could have been where I think it only objectifies people in so much as the characters would be objectifying the people like the boys or the girls. Yeah. Whereas possibly the wrong male director might've shot that film a bit more yeah. like softcore porn. Totally. And like, yeah. and like really kind of fetishized it. And I think this was, this was great. Like having a female director is like, Nope, we're going to think a, she can think like the main characters. Totally. Which is great. And then it kind of manifests itself throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that just because like a male was directing, they might've done it less tastefully. Like it would have had to be in the right director for it to fit the vibe of this film. Sure. It would be hard pressed to think, you know, like this was a movie from the female perspective. So say that again, this was a movie from the female perspective. Yes. So like, it would be kind of essential to have a female director overall. And I think that made a difference. Yeah. I mean, I think like kind of what you said before that, like you could have a good male director, like if this movie were the opposite of what it is, if it were like kind of predatory feeling and we should talk about the teacher thing Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, But if it had that sort of 
tinge over the whole thing. And then somebody told me like, ah, it was actually a dude director. I'd be like, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if somebody told me like, no, this was a, this was a relatively socially woke woman directing. I'd be like, what is wrong? Yeah. She's like, it wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah. Um, it would be surprising if a man was able to direct a movie from the female perspective this well. I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't, I would disagree. Um, it would just be a matter of learning certain things, just like it wouldn't be, uh, like it wouldn't be impossible, uh, for a man to direct a movie that's not sexual, obviously. Sure. That's what I was um, saying earlier. Like it would just take the right male director. Right. Exactly. But you were just saying it was like, you were happy a woman directed that scene. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, maybe I should have phrased it the way that I'm saying it now. Like I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't the wrong male director doing sure. it. Sure. And I think it's really important that we, like this movie came out and now we can support it and support a female director doing something good. Yeah. Which is nice. I think the best way to say that would be like that scene was directed well. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, given, given the climate of people that have been in charge in Hollywood, particularly directors and the way that a lot of them have, it's come up, have been like preying on their female actors. Sure. I don't think it would be misleading to praise particularly female directors that are not doing that. Sure. So, but yeah, both, both ways. Should, yeah. 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 It works for me. Yeah. I like Olivia Wilde too. Mm. She's a great actress. I've liked her in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think this is her first uh, directorial mm -hmm. debut. Which yeah, I read is that. Also great. Yeah, because um, I think a lot of her comedic timing in this is so good too. Like, there's a scene in the car with Jason Sudeikis's character who plays a principal, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to spoil that scene. But there's a there's a bit there where like the camera lingers for a long time, or it felt like I was holding my breath. It was so awkward. Yeah, and she just keeps it there, and I thought it was so funny. Oh, the cringe factor was uh, real. Yeah, was that really, was like an really office esque level of cringe. Yeah, and there's moments like that throughout the movie where we're just like holding on what could have been an easy cutaway to like an easier joke or something, but we sit in it. Uh, and it was great. That was very funny. I wonder if that's like the office ripple effect because we're getting directors now that are of an age to have been influenced oh, sure. by the American office. And yeah. that, like that brand of comedy and cringiness like mm -hmm. is kind of seeping in. I mean, but also like looking at some of the other main cast members, like you you do have uh, Jason so Sudeikis, you have Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte. Um, Will Ferrell was an executive producer on this movie. So like a lot of really uh, smart comedy people were on this. Yes. Um, and I think it shows pretty well. Yeah. This movie was super well done. I think like, it tackled some tough issues and delicate stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it could have been your typical crappy teenage high school party movie. Yeah. Which like you said, we've all seen that movie. I didn't want to see that movie again. Right. I was pleasantly surprised that I did not see that movie again. Yeah. I was surprised that you wanted to see this movie just cause I read like a little brief thing and I'm mm -hmm. like this, Sounds like it could be that movie again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I went into it pretty blind, too. I hadn't watched the preview at all. So it was right. like, if that's this, then whatever. We'll review it. But sure. uh, I'm glad you recommended this yeah. uh, from a wise place. Thanks, man. Uh, once again, that is Booksmart, which we are going to talk about a little bit more with some spoilers in the danger zone. Yeah. And we have to rate it, though. Yeah, I always do it. Yep, <laughs> so, every week. And you can almost set your watch by the, the yeah. lack of you remembering to I rate this movie. I, I got it for like like a month in a row there. <laughs> I think this is the first time it's happened in a it's while. It's all good. Uh, almost like I was distracted. Yeah. But okay. It's fine. Uh, let's rate it. Yeah. You're right. Over, and we, we general overall thoughts already, right? We kind of I mean, just rated it. That's what we just did. I, think yeah. we, I liked it. Yeah. That's part of my rating is I liked it. I think it's important. Super well done. I think this is gonna be one of those movies that could be very nostalgic for a lot of people this age which was cool and i think there was some of those people in the theater with us yeah and there they, were some other people in the theater with us too that uh, i wanted to mention to you but i'll just do it in the danger zone yeah yeah okay. we'll talk about the crowd in the danger zone yeah. so yes book smart 
Loved it. Uh, I'm going to give this movie... Oh, let's see. It feels like an 8.6. Wow, that's getting up there, man. Yep. 8.6. How are you going to put that on Letterboxd? What are you going to make your rating on Letterboxd? I don't know. Yeah. It'd be tough. Like, how do you... Probably rate? three and a half stars. Okay. That's closer to like seven, though, isn't it? Well, because four stars... You'd have to give it at least four stars to be an eight. Yeah, I guess, right? It's out of five. So it'd be a four star. You, yeah, like if you go up to a nine, it'd be four and a half stars. So it'd be four. But you're closer to a nine than you are an eight, so... This is the problem with the decimal system at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in any case, that doesn't matter for now, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it an eight, just an eight flat. I think it's really good. Some of the stuff that didn't, I didn't love, we talked about already. There's a little bit more I want to talk about once we spoil it in the danger zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna, it's a really solid movie. It's really funny, really great performances. There's a particular, actually, I want to point this out. There's a great take. We mentioned some pool stuff. Um, there's a really, really long take where, uh, uh, mom, I think it's Amy, is walking through the house. Um, and they have a discussion after that. I think that whole scene is really, really well blocked and really well done. Um, so big fan, big fan of this movie. And I like it a lot. I love it. When we come back from our break, we're going to dive into our second beer. I got it as I was passing through uh, Winters, California yesterday. Yeah, I know it's been a while since you've seen me, but don't uh, be sad. Why are you saying this? Because I'd hate it if you had separation anxiety. Nice, nicely done. We'll be right back. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone indeed, you man. You're pouring this other beer, which I am going to say it's been a long time since we've had an episode where you bring one beer and I bring one beer. I know that was never like an established thing, but I feel like we used to do it more often. I brought the creek. You brought the creek. I brought this beer we're about to talk about. It's from Berryessa Brewing, which is a place that I had never been to. Um, But once we get into hot and bothered here in a little bit, I'll talk about why I was there, but I was there. And I asked the bartender. That's crazy. Yes. I was just talking oh. about wanting to go there. And you know, I've never either. been there. It's great. I was driving on 505 to the Giants game yesterday on Sunday. And I was like, we should go to Berryessa sometime. It's out it's, here it's somewhere. It's right off. It's right. I think, is that the 505 or is it the 5? Five? 505. Goes uh, through Davis and Berryessa. Yeah. Okay. There's like a 128 in there somewhere. Yes. Um, and I think Berryessa is on 128. Yes. I looked it up as I was driving okay. through winters right or yeah yeah. okay well anyways i was driving through that area and i asked the bartender said hey like what's something that i'm I'm from chico like what doesn't get to chico basically i'd like to take something back i didn't actually mention the podcast probably should have worst co-host ever i know um but uh she told me that there's this beer called separation anxiety it's a single hop mosaic hop ipa nice it's six and a half percent 60 ibus and really really good i had one at the tap room uh it's just a super solid i think really mosaic represented beer um, I think it's going to be right up your alley in particular. Oh, yeah. This is not hazy. This is very West Coast. It's bitter. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pungent. It's danky. Give me those green onions, baby. What? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Mosaic uh, hops taste like green onions sometimes. Uh, that you're going to ruin mosaic hops for me. I'm sorry. I like green onions. I mean, I like green onions, too. I'm not trying to drink a green onion smoothie. Well, I don't get green onion. Taste it. All right. It's fine. It's good. I like it. Super punchy on the hops. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't think I would say, well, <laughs> I mean, there's something there. Yeah. Uh, like some very vegetal kind of vegetal vegetal that's an easy word to not pronounce vegetal um yeah anyways no i don't <laughs> think it tastes like onions but that's good no green onions green man. onions what are, and those are like the little root ones that you yeah, chop the, up and like sort of yeah. you can regrow those we, we regrow those in the kitchen all the time oh that's cool if you just don't take it all the way down to the little white bulb, bulb part you yeah. just put that in a glass of water and then like two days later it'll be like just as long as when you bought it. Wow. It's really cool. That is cool. You could never buy another one. You'd never. Theoretically, I mean, if yeah. you change the water, because if you forget, the water gets weird and they right. die. Oh. 
But yeah, if you're good about changing the water, you can use one green onion. I mean, but how many times have you cooked a whole meal where you're like, I just need the one, just one stock? Um, we mm. do like miso soup and ramen oh, a yeah, lot. So good. you can just take it and like chop it with scissors directly over the bowl. Scissors. That's smart. Yeah. I've always just used a knife. Dude, use scissors. It's so much easier. Yeah. You probably don't. Well, if you got a sharp knife, it doesn't matter, but like you don't probably damage the the onion as yeah, much. Yeah, makes it easier. It's also really counterintuitive that you eat the green part when you think about it. Right? Like you're eating the leaf, basically. Yeah, but it's good. Can you eat the bulb? No, you can eat the whole thing. No. Oh, yeah. I, people get look at me weird because I eat a whole strawberries with the little green part that's, on top. Don't say the little green part. That's the roots. That's like the stem. It's good. Yeah. It's fine. I eat kiwi with the skin on. Yeah. I, think I that, eat peaches the same way. Everybody eats peaches that way. No. Yes. Wait. Nope. When I was a kid- they were insisted that they, my parents insisted that you peeled them. Really? They took off the fuzzy part and I always ate it. I never the, heard that in my life. That's yeah. so weird. Yep. Everybody, everybody that I've ever known was like, no, you should, yeah, that's how you eat a peach. Hmm. Yeah. How do you people out there eat peaches? Yeah. Is, is this a thing? Yeah. <laughs> if this I've, is a thing, please write in because that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I've heard it. It's a thing. You have to skin them. All right. But anyways. Back to this. Back to Barry Essa. Um, again, this beer is called Separation Anxiety. Um. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have it a little bit. I got a four pack, and this is the third one, and I'm gonna drink the other one at some point, and then I will have that symptom. Is it a symptom, or is it that is a symptom of separating? I guess once I separate from these beers, I will have separation anxiety. That's what happens after you finish the beers because you don't have any. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a symptom. I think it's a words are hard. Well, it's How a condition. Def- yeah, maybe. I would say okay. it's more of a condition than a symptom. Okay. Sure. Uh, if you have separation anxiety, it could be an underlying symptom of a greater problem. Yeah. So but if it is the greater problem, then it is the condition. But I thought it all, this doesn't matter. But We're totally all, fucking doctors. You know that, right? This oh, is, sure. Yeah. This is all clinical. Yeah. If you're dealing with this, don't go to your doctor. Deal with us. Just Fresh, kidding. Fresh Hop Cinema <laughs> is not authorized to give medical advice in any way, shape, or form. Please do not listen to this and accept it. It's medical advice in any way. Who's that guy that just popped up? What? I don't know. He's left. Where was that from? That's our lawyer. Uh... Yes, that's our lawyer, Johnny, John, uh, J- Johan. Johan. It's Johan the lawyer. Johan. What do you think of this beer? <laughs> Johan Sumers. Uh, I like it. I think it is crisp and refreshing. It is a beautifully put together IPA. It is not overly malty, and the hops really are presenting this beautiful, beautiful bouquet of flavor yeah. on my nose and in my mouth. Yeah, it's really, really light. Again, it's 6.5%. Um, super, super drinkable. Green onions, though. Yeah, maybe. I'll just have to go try a green onion because maybe I'm just not picking it up. Or maybe our palates are different, and that's a thing, too. Yeah, that's one of those things where, um, what is it, cilantro? They say, like... Soap. Soap. Yeah, and it's like, I've eaten cilantro. I'm like, no, it doesn't. No, it's delicious. Yeah, Yeah. cilantro is perfect. Yeah, it's like one of the best herbs. Dude, chimichurri. Don't know. Oh, I know what that is. It's so good. I will make you a chimichurri, and it'll just, you put it on everything. Perfect. Yep. I love this beer. Me too, I will say love. Ooh. I love this beer. You're in lurb with it. Yeah. Um, and I'm prepared to rate it, I think. Are you there yet or not quite? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, then after you. I like it a lot. It does have some of those weird flavors for me, but I like that in the Mosaic Cop. This is one I would buy a four-pack of. I would pay up to $16 for this four-pack. How much was it? Uh, good question. Uh, let me do some math. So I bought a pint at the tap room, which was $5. I got a growler of their uh, Baltic Porter. Okay. And I also had to buy the glass, which was $10. And I think the fill was also $10. So you're at 25. And my bill was like 44. So oh, that can't be, is that right? 25. So 35. Uh, 19. That can't be right. Yeah. That seems too high. The other beers Plus are tax. And oh, stuff tax. Too. Yeah, that's true. Did you tip? 
Yeah. Was okay. That, so it was probably it was probably closer to like forty, without or, yeah. Because I think I went, my final bill was like forty six. Okay. So whatever, I can just look. But I'm not going to so just guess roughly how much this costs. I bet you it was like sixteen. Yeah, yeah, that's 15, about 16, 17. the most I'd pay for it. But it's very good. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, this beer feels like a solid eight point one. Okay, why the one? Just cause. Just cause. All right, because I'm it a seems so random to me. I mean, like it's not an eight flat. It's just a, a little pinch better. All right, uh, I'm gonna give it a nine. This is a really, really good beer. Do you think that sometimes the uh, story or experience of purchasing a beer at a brewery can enhance its rating in your mind? I do think that. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I think it's part of the experience. Same, like it's the same reason you, when you go to a fine dining restaurant, they don't give it to you on a paper plate in the back alley. Like you're, it's the experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or with anything, basically, like how you how you experience that thing is going to affect how you feel about it. I love that feeling too when you go to a brewery and like you find a beer that you're excited about. Yeah. Because not to sound like super jaded on beer, but that doesn't happen as often as it used to. No. <laughs> Just from like the sample size of beers that we consume, like it's it's nice to be fired up about something. Totally. And I, I dig that. I could see why you're fired up about this beer. Yeah. I, I like Mosaic's always been one of my favorite hops. And I feel like this is a really good representation. We just did like a, oh, we didn't. We did the Galaxy instead. Yeah. With the pseudo suit. We messed up the pseudo suit. Yes. Yeah. Um, excuse me, but mm-hmm. I did end up uh, having the Mosaic version. Um, and it still, it was a, it was a hazy IPA. Um, I think it was a double, and it still wasn't quite as mosaic as this is. is. Pale ale. We talked about. Oh, this. you're right. Yep, you're right. Uh, it was a hazy pale ale. Okay. Um, and there was just a lot of like haze and juiciness where I think this beer is very much like boom mosaic hop, light, drinkable, oniony, crushable. Drink it. Yeah, I love the crushability of it. Like it's super light. What's the ABV on six, this? Six five. It's right in that sweet spot where it's like not so heavy, but it's also not like a four point five lager. Yeah, it feels. Like an IPA, but not a super heavy one. Totally. And it's it's really right in that happy place. I dig this. And I love that. I've been seeing more of these cans get to Chico, too. The Berryessa cans? Yeah. yeah. They just got free kittens somewhere in Chico. They've had that for a few months. Which is their rice. Or maybe not cans. Yeah. Maybe yeah, just I the see the, the bright silver cans around town, and it's yeah. cool. Because I'll pick it up and drink it. It's totally. Good stuff. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about Berryessa's tap room. Did you right. like it? So the tap room itself was actually really small. Okay. Um, and I think I didn't actually go in, but I remember seeing a sign for a wine tasting room next door. Um, so I think they got that the, that kind of dichotomy going because they have this huge outdoor patio, this big L-shaped patio um, that wraps around from the long side of the building, which is the entrance to both the tap room and the wine tasting room. And it wraps around the left side. And then at the end, there's a huge stage, like a big lifted. I think it was probably like four feet off the ground. Oh, wow. Um, and I guess they have music like three nights a week or three days a week. You're like, here's my business card. I did. And then she's like, here's just, here's the business card of the person who books. So cool. I got to send an email, but it's a, it was such a cool place. Um, that'd be fun. And I think like, I don't, Winters isn't a huge town. I don't think there's a whole lot to do there necessarily. I've seen the signs driving through. Apparently they have a historic downtown. Okay. But so, I feel like it, like, so does Orville, you know? Sure. Like every town has a historic downtown yeah. to some extent. Well, maybe when, you should not talk shit about Winters downtown well, just like, before you just, try and work there. It's like every diner is like the best burger in the West. And it's right. like, all right, I get it. But is it, you know? <laughs> reminds, I'm sure their downtown's fine. It reminds me of Elf when he takes Zoe Deschanel to the coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, they have the best. It's something. the world's best cup of coffee. Right. Uh, so no, I can't, I guess, stipulate either way, but I can say that the brewery is awesome. Did they have food there? They had a food truck. Okay. That was the other thing. I showed up like within five minutes of them closing and they were slammed. Yeah. Um, and it was a Sunday and I was like speeding to go from where I was going to them to hope I could make it. And I made it. Um, I was so relieved. I like hadn't even thought about what I was going to get. So I just was like, I'll just get this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was good. It was a good time. Um, I'm gonna have to go down there and check that out. I'm on. Yes. That's how I go to the city. So it's like 
Yeah. Right there. It's a, it's about an hour 45 from Chico. So it's not bad. Yeah. It's a, it's a worthwhile drive. I want to go check out Lake Berryessa too. You ever yeah, been there? No. I heard I go to lakes. Gotta get you out on the lake, bro. I get ear infections in the lake. Well, yeah, I don't like swimming in lakes. I don't swim in anything I can't see the bottom of. Oh. Don't get down with that. How about like the ocean? No? Nope. Huh. I mean, Hell like, no. even near the beach? Because uh, at some I'll, point you can I'll, still see. Yeah, I'll dip a toe. Like yeah. if I was ever in Hawaii and there was like a coral reef situation. Yeah. Where like it was no sharks because of the reef. And oh, like it's the can... shark thing for you? No. Oh. It's just, you know, monsters and stuff. Sharks You don't know what's down there. You do, Well, scientifically most of the time it seems like we well, do. Well, you're not a scientist, bro. You're right. I'm a okay? doctor. Yeah. You're a doctor. I'm a uh, lawyer. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. You trust things that you can see the bottom of is the point. Yeah. You know, that's where the expression, let's get to the bottom of this comes sure. from. Uh, you got to the bottom of something recently. Am I not mistaken? I believe you found something. Oh, yeah. That was a good segue. I found treasure in my backyard. Yeah. What's that about? Treasure in the form of a concrete pad. I found a patio. We have this giant, like probably 10 foot by 10 foot square pad of concrete that they covered up because it's not quite level. Right. Which is fine for a picnic table and to like hang out in the backyard and have dinner. But yeah, my whole backyard was gravel. Right. Besides, you know, there's a little grass part, whatever. Uh, but we, yeah, I was moving around some gravel because we were barbecuing for Mother's Day a couple weekends ago and found this under about two inches of, of gravel. Right. So I did a bunch of shoveling, found the edges, hosed it off, and now we've got a patio. Right. And this is a, a new house you've just moved into, which is why you've never found this before. Totally. Been here three years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you just... Uh, Decided to like move stuff around. And you finally found this thing. Well, there's certain parts because we live in Chico, and where we live, um, there used to actually be a, a garbage dump around that neighborhood. Right before they moved it out to Neil Road, so there's all kinds, and there were so many trees there before they leveled the lots to build too. Uh, we have sinkholes, so like the yeah. the backyard will literally start sinking in certain spots. So you have to move gravel around and kind of fill it in. Uh, and we were moving it off this part that had never gone wonky. It was always flat there, so we figured we could move gravel from there sure. to fill in a hole a little bit and realize that this where this was, this concrete pad. Right. So that's well, pretty okay. cool. Okay, and you got a patio now. Yeah. We're that's gonna now I have like a couple piles of gravel this big just dispersed through the rest of the yard. That's true. So yeah, there's still work to do. You should do. bring it over to the alley. This here alley. Oh yeah. I should. I should just go buy some, but I haven't. So Well, I have a few holes to fill yeah, in okay. my own yard, but if yeah. there's some left over, okay. I'm gonna hit you up. But yeah, I'm stoked. It's just in time for summer. Yeah. I'm going to get like a nice umbrella set yeah. up out there. Yeah, those heavy bases and just yeah. kind of, that's great. It'll be pretty cool because it looks a lot nicer than just having a field of gravel. We should build a picnic table for that. Let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's do you it. You know? Why not? We, we're craftsmen. We could fi- we could figure that we're out. We're men of the world. Like that can't be that hard. No. Plus I have one that's all run down and rickety. We could kind let's of just, just fix like. fix that one up and say we built it. Dude, let's do it. Yeah, me and me and Trillian have been talking about replacing the boards on that for a while. Mm-hmm. That would qualify as building it. I think so because they never water sealed it, dude. And then it just gets crazy. Well, and warped. it's all molt. Yeah, it's warped uh-huh. and nuts and splintery. It's gross. Yeah. So that's my hot. That and the hat that I ordered drunk came in and yeah, fit I saw that. And looked good. Yeah. Um. Do you got a bother this week? Uh, I don't remember. Do I? I don't think you mentioned one. I don't think so. I'm not bothered by much. It's been a good. Uh, I just need to drink more water. That's just a note to myself, though. But I guess that could bother me. Uh, that yeah, I could. Yeah, if you don't want. This is the thing about water. If you don't want, if you're not thirsty for water, water is the worst thing. I hate drinking Especially water. If you, like, make yourself drink it. Like this is a strategy that I employ, which is to say that I like I just have water nearby and I'm just like sipping it. But sometimes when I know I have to sing, like the next day I'll just try to pound 
water and it's so arduous. It's like, it's so, it's just draining. It makes me hate water. I hate water. I hate drinking water. It's yeah. boring. It doesn't taste good. Right. I, Except, I, and that's the flip side though. When you're thirsty for water. I'm not though. Oh. Happens to me a lot when I exercise. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I don't have that's, that problem. That's the correlation. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it. Nah. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah, water sucks. That's my only bother. That should be a song. Water sucks. Um. Okay. Well, then I'm going to go because I have a hot that I want to talk about. Well, then about. leave. Dude. Just go. Leave me to my semantic ways. Just go. I was in, in <laughs> winter. Go write me a song about water. Is I was a Waterboy reference, by the way. Uh, Remember in Waterboy when he's on the football line? And everybody's like, water sucks. Oh, yeah. It really, really sucks. Water sucks, water boy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I was in Winters. The reason I was in Winters is because I was coming back from St. Helena, which is near Santa Rosa, for people that don't know. The reason I was there on Sunday is because I was playing for an engagement. I was hired to play a song for a guy as he proposed to his girlfriend, now fiance. Nice. And it was great. It was super romantic. It was at this winery uh, in St. Helena. And there was a photographer there to capture the moment. And it was beautiful. And in case Colton and Taylor are listening, congratulations, you guys. It was really great to be a part of your day. That's awesome. And I was so happy. Was it romantic? It was romantic as hell. Did she see it coming or was it a surprise? Um, She, she, I talked to them briefly before they went off to take photos. Um, And the initial plan kind of got scrapped because it started raining outside. It was going to be outside. Um, And it was tricky because like we arrived and weren't able to talk to him because he was there with her and they were doing a wine tasting. Um, so we had to figure out a way to like convince him or like to get to convince him to like leave the table to come talk. Uh, and the way that I did that was like try to make a pass by their table because they don't know what I look like really. Mm-hmm. But like give him the eyes like come come this way. Mm-hmm. And what he read that as was, hey, it's go time. Take her outside by the fountain. We're going to do this thing. And what I was saying was like meet me in the bathroom because she can't follow us. Mm-hmm. So he, he went outside with her. And at that point, I think she knew. She told me later like, she thought something was happening. I went outside with this beautiful fountain and nothing happened. And then I came back inside to sit down and like, she was pretty emotional, I guess. And then he came to meet me in the bathroom. I was like, this is what's going on. It's raining. So we were thinking about this other room. And then like, she was kind of like off the whole time. And then by the time we got into that room, I think she kind of knew it was happening. Oh, that's and then when cool. I started playing guitar, she immediately started crying. Oh, it was the cutest thing. It was great. That's really cool. Uh, for people that I basically don't know, I felt way too attached to the moment. But it was really nice. Well, you're you're a part of yeah. one of the most memorable moments of their lives. Yeah. And ideally, the last time either of them will get engaged. Yeah, sure. So that's not, I don't think that's irrational. I think that you got to be a witness to something special. And sure. You're lucky for that. There's not a lot of people that in their day-to-day work life would be able to enhance someone's engagement that way. So Yeah. Good for you. Go me. That's cool, man. Yes. I mean, that really is cool. Yeah. You're lucky that you get to do that. You get yeah. to make people's lives better with music. Hell yeah. So, you want to talk book smart some more? Get in some spoilers? Let's do it. Let's talk about some things we didn't like. A little bit of spoilers. Let's get out of here. I just want to talk about audience real quick. There were some old people in our theater. They're like four old people, which all like rubbed me the wrong way from the minute they walked in because they were so late. They were like, missed all the previews. Yep. Uh, about five minutes into the movie. Really patiently tried to find their seats and all stood up. All four of them like just stood full stand for a good like, 15, 20 seconds mm-hmm. while like, should we sit here? Should we move down one? I could hear this conversation, which always makes me mad. Yeah. I was wondering if I was going to have to shift some. I was too. I was going to go down. And particularly what triggered me was there's a point in the movie where they, uh, they talk about, uh, their masturbation techniques mm-hmm. to some extent, or like their, their preferred, like, um, toys is, uh, indicative of not what I'm trying to say. Equipment. Yeah. Um, 
but they're like they're in high school, so it's like not uh, textbook. Whatever. What you would think, right? I guess they have to get resources. There's no skirting around this. They're not like dildos and stuff. They're just like household things in their bedroom. Yeah. Sometimes when you're in high school, you have to MacGyver some masturbation toys, right? So like it turns out, um, Amy uses this panda, like plush panda toy. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They're talking about this, and at one point, maybe you heard this too. The dude, one of the old guys in that, out loud said like disgusting. And I was at that one. I was like, dude, you, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to shut up because the second you do that again, I'm going to come down and say something. Mm-hmm. I was there. Oh, wow. He didn't say anything the rest of the movie, but just ugh, what do you, th- what movie do you think you're walking into? Right. Dude. Yeah. Uh, I could have sworn when there was a scene in the, the, in the car when they were watching porn, he mm-hmm. was going to like lose it. Mm-hmm. That he was going to explode or something. Like the, first, like the knowledge that women masturbate and then like, but also they know about porn and uh, uh, I'm going uh, to catch uh, fire, which is so funny. Anyways, I wanted to say that. Did you happen to hear uh, him say that? I didn't. Okay. No, well, he did. I was kind of tuning them out. That's a good I'm call. trying to get better at being patient in movies. Yeah. But also yeah. when the time comes, I will kill you. Yeah. Fair. Alleg- you want- allegedly. Let's talk about the Barbie dolls. Yeah, that was a scene that I didn't really buy, uh, but we'll set it up a little bit. They are on their way to this master party, where we'll call it the first party, second party, master party. The first party's on the yacht, the second party is the murder mystery, and the third is the aunt's house, if you've seen the movie. Right. If you haven't, that's the way they go. Yep. So, first party, they show up, and it's the rich guy. It's a kid's name. Yeah, I'm going to figure that out. He was in Santa Clarita Diet, and he was great in it. He's great in this. I need to watch the new season of that, by the way. That just came out. Oh, did it? With Timothy Oliphant. Right. Love that dude. (gasps) Did the Deadwood movie drop today? That can't be right. No, it comes out the 31st. Okay, I've got some time. Yeah. I got really excited just now. I I almost left. No, yeah, it's not out yet. Okay. But anyways, I get excited when I talk about Timothy Oliphant. Sure. It's whatever, dude. Um... Okay, so they get to the first party, and it's the kid Nick, I believe is no, his name was um was uh, Theo, who the the awkward rich kid with the hats. No, his name was Jared. His name was Theo. This kid right here. Yeah. No, his name is Jared. In the movie, yes. What? In, in real life, his name is Skylar Gizondo. Which one was Theo? Theo, uh, if you must know, is uh, was it played the by Eduardo kid? Franco. That was the kid that had sex with a teacher. Yeah, did which you, is the other thing I want to talk about. Did you see the movie that he was in where he got his penis cut off? The package? Yeah. No, I would not watch that stupid movie. It's pretty funny. Is it, though? Yeah, I maybe it's not for you. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. Okay. Anyways, so they get to Jared's house, who is like the kind of rich... Like, I don't want to say douchey, but he just is like misunderstood rich kid. But for the purposes of until like the very last 10 minutes, he's the douche bag kind of like trying to buy everyone's affection and just doesn't know how to be. Which us as adults are like cry for help. Yeah. So basically our two main characters, they are sitting trying to figure out how to get to this party because they're so on the outside. They don't even know the address or anybody that's there. And they're calling everybody, but nobody asks, nobody answers because they're probably talking about school stuff. Yeah. So they called this Jared dude and they're like, he knows what's up and he's got a car. So he picks him up and drives him to a party, but it's not the master party. Because they were like, take us to the the big party. And in his brain, he's got something else in mind. He's like, yeah, I know what's up. So they didn't take him to the master party. They took him to his party, Mm -hmm. which is on a big yacht. Yep. Uh, And I think the claim to fame was that they... Uh, hosted um, the oh. Obama's daughter, Sasha. I, Sasha yeah. Obama's Sweet Sixteen. The catering company that was catering his yeah. yacht did that too. So bragging rights, yo. Right. This kid's uh, amazing. He is like a cartoon character of every yeah. silly, douchey person. It's great. Yes. So, anyways, all that builds up. The only other person there is his friend Gigi, who is kind of a train wreck. 
uh, what do we want to call her? Like a, 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 I don't know. She's weird. She is. She's like deeply intelligent and like has some insights and is like also maybe clinically insane. Yeah, and like on all the Drug drugs. Habits. Yeah. yeah. So she like, which is the point of this? So there's forgot. nobody yeah. at this whole dance party. Right. It's on this yacht. There's nobody there. This Gigi character feeds them both strawberries, takes them dancing. They try to jump. She tries to get them to jump off the yacht. Crazy crap happens. So mm-hmm. they finally get out of there. Then they're at the second party, uh, which is the murder mystery party, right? Yes. Okay. So at what point do they find out that they were drugged? Gigi is also at that party. Oh, yeah. She's Gigi's keeps, everywhere. She that's like part of the thing. Up. And that's like the joke that kind of wore thin for me. Like every second, like, oh, Gigi, I didn't see you. Uh, so whatever. Anyway, she's at this party and she's like, you guys are doing pretty well. I thought by now, like you'd be, uh, you'd be, you're holding yourselves pretty well. And they're like, what do you mean? She's like, the strawberries were dipped in like some pretty strong ayahuasca, but an Asian version, Asian wasca, whatever. So stupid. Leads to a drug trip. Yeah. A, a hallucinogenic type scene. We've seen these scenes. We know what they look like most of the time. Yeah. Usually it's like the actors like seeing crazy stuff, like be it cartoons or like psychedelic spirals, whatever. So this was a different thing. They both turned into Barbie-like dolls. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if the trademark was an issue. We can't say that. Exactly. They were they were Barbie Barbie-looking dolls. Yeah. Um, and just basically ensued them looking at themselves in the mirror, like taking off their clothes and like sort of analyzing their body images, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a funny gag, and like we said earlier, I think it goes on too long, but I think the context and the content of what they're talking about is pretty worthwhile. Yeah, because they delve into body image and how. Dolls have always been this like unrealistic standard presented for the American woman. And it was an interesting bit of social commentary and it got its point across and it was a silly, funny take on it with a very serious undertone. So I thought it was, it was interesting, but I agree that it could have been a bit shorter. Yeah. I I still think it was, I'm glad it was in there because what I didn't want to have happen was the sort of traditional drug trip scene. Like I didn't want to see like the slow motion, like blurring of everything, like them talking with super low voices, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so I think this is a really unique twist on it. Yeah. It was different. And it was fine. Sure. Yeah. It was fine for me. Yeah. And that's really the most important thing that happened at the second party. When they had walked into this murder mystery party and like, I wish they would have delved more into like being a part of that. I think it could have been really funny. Yeah. I feel like there was like some, a little set piece. A yeah. Comedy set piece. I feel like there was some bits in there that could have got explored, but it's whatever. So they left the second party. Yeah. Um, and they finally, they, yeah, I mean, we could dissect this whole plot, but I don't know that we need to. The no, other thing just is, touch on the highlights. Okay. Well, uh, you go about that however you'd like. Cause I have one other thing I want to talk about, but I want to look up, uh, one of the actors names. So if you wouldn't mind surmising, surmising the rest of the movie, that would be super dope. I'll okay. In if you need me. Yeah. So they went to the master party, finally get there. They are both received very welcomely, very quickly and openly, and they seem like it's going well, everything's going smooth, and you start to think that this is going to become the Hollywoodized like right. party story. This is, this is Nick's party, by the way, yeah. who we haven't talked about. No, he's the vice student body council We haven't even talked about president. that. Okay. Uh, the main character, Molly, yes. is super into student government, and this dude is basically on that he's her vice president because he basically won the popularity contest of that position. He's only there so he can plan parties. He's really a non-factor student government wise. He's kind of an airhead. I think we missed one important thing in the beginning is that Amy doesn't want to go to this party at all. Molly's the one that's like, we're wasting our time. And she calls in like a friend card. She's like, you got to do this with me. Mm -hmm. So the whole movie's like, all right, we got to do this. Another thing now, another thing, another Mm -hmm. thing to the point where like Amy's finally like, I'm not doing this. And then, 
Gigi again pops up out of nowhere and is like, you want to go to Nick's house because you like Nick. And she's like, no, I don't. And then Amy's like, you do, huh? And she's like, yes. And she's like, all right, that's it. We're going. And then that's why they finally end up at this third party. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Amy's like, yes, we're friends. Let's do this. I'm here for you. You got to get that D if you want it, sister, exactly. basically. And then uh, her friend is gay. Who's Which, friend? Molly. Oh, Amy. Amy. Yes. Yeah. Amy is a homosexual. Yes. So Molly's like, you got to get that V. Yeah. She's like, we got it. And there's a really funny scene of them <laughs> trying to figure out the mechanics of- That's the porn scene. Of girl on girl sex. Yeah, yeah. That's, they don't know anything. So they're trying to figure it out. So yes. she has a bit more confidence. Really funny scene. That was the scene, by the way, that I talked about earlier with um, with Will Forte in the car. Not Will Forte. Um, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. He's their principal. Also kind of like drives Uber on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start watching porn to like learn about this in the car. And he plugs it in accidentally and like plays the audio of it. Yeah. And then they like stick on his face for like a while. Yeah. And he's like, you guys want some music or something? <laughs> uh, I think that's the order it happened. Yeah. But I might be wrong. So this party is, is progressing in kind of a utopian way in their eyes. The girl's getting the girl that she wants. It's going well. Molly is getting the guy that she was after or looking to seek connection with. Things are going great. Way, way too well. Way too well. You're like, oh God, if this is how this movie wraps up, I'm going to barf. Like I can't just all be happy. Endings. I was actually thinking it's, it always goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So it would have actually subverted my expectation a little bit. Like what mm-hmm. if it did end like that? Like that would have caught me off guard. Like this is just how awesome our lives like, are. Wow, now. Like what a good, what a nice, happy movie, <laughs> but okay. Nope. That didn't happen. So yeah, it turns out the two people that they were both after ended up together. And that was like the big bummer scene. Also very confusing. Yeah. Because by all everybody's guess Ryan was the girl that Amy was interested in was definitely gay. Although I guess there wasn't really any hardcore proof, but everybody thought she was gay. Yeah. Okay. So that was the assumption and the assumption went awry and she ended up with the guy that Molly was after. Right. And it just, it was a big bummer. And then there was a, the makeout scene with the girl that we talked about a little bit, and mm-hmm. Amy puked on her because she yeah. drank like a what was cup. That? It was a cup that people have been using for an ashtray. Ugh. Yeah, what she pulled out of her mouth looked like a cigarette butt. Yeah. So, blah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, party ends. They survive the night. Amy kind of sacrifices herself to to for you know to let the other kids escape. Becomes legendary. They have the graduation ceremony, and Amy got arrested. You Amy can't got leave arrested. That out. Sure. Yeah. Um, ultimately, their friendship is reforged. They have a big argument there about like how. Amy never gets to decide and she's actually leaving. Whatever. See the movie if you want. Yeah. Their friendship was torn apart. They stitched it back together by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this great scene at the airport at the end, uh, which reminded me a lot of Lady Bird because uh, Beanie Field scene is in that. Mm-hmm. And also there's an airport scene at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. What I wanted to talk about briefly was um, Jessica Williams character uh, who plays Miss Fine. Mm-hmm. She is a teacher. She is a seemingly very in touch with sort of like female youth character like a sort of a guiding point of wisdom throughout their school it seemed to me mm-hmm. um and at one point she has this monologue about how like don't make the same mistakes i did girls like i went a little bit too crazy uh and In now i balanced out basically yeah. and proceeds to kind of go a little crazy at this high school party that's the assumption she's there like drinking with the kids mm-hmm. and at one point has sex with one of the students <laughs> we can we were led to believe we are led they to believe they didn't for sure concrete that I think as concretely as you can. Yeah. I mean like she had like a morning after look about her at the graduation ceremony mm-hmm. and the kids like last night was great mm-hmm. and she doesn't deny it. I, I think it's very easy to assume that's what happened. Sure. Um, and I just feel like that was a weird left turn for that character. I feel like sort of being this moral guiding for these girls to like turn around and just be like, 
like both in the context of the characters and as like the ethics of it in general are a little weird to me. Like that felt so out of place in this movie. Yeah, it was know. for her character. It was just like, what? Yeah. Like why is this happening? Yeah. It seemed a little strange. Yeah. Like the only thing I could see, not even that it justifies it, but they kind of tried to justify it in the film because they pointed out that that kid got held, held back. back. Like yeah. a, he was like 20 years old graduating He's, high school. Yeah. So that's maybe a little. I mean, it's it's completely legal. Yeah. But like it's still really unethical. Like it's his, her student. And it just didn't seem true to that character. Like I don't understand why she would. Yeah. Unless like, we're supposed to assume like her crazy spiel, like her, her spiel about getting crazy. Um, was just like blowing smoke. Yeah, it was kind of odd that she just was at the party. Well, she at was all. like, as she was dropping them off, like, <laughs> it'd be crazy if I went. Wouldn't imagine me going. Wouldn't that be crazy? And then she shows up. It's like, what? Why are you here? Yeah, and I know it was like played as a joke, but it like it was so weird to me. It was not funny. It was just kind of creeped me out. I don't know. That's one of those things. Uh, I think if they took that out of this movie, it would have made it better. Yes. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, The Five Hundred. Yeah, uh, and he had he does this thing when he reviews albums. Like, if there's any song you could take off this record to make it perfect, yeah, it'd be fun to do that with movies. Like, if there was like yeah. one character arc, if there was anything you didn't like that you could take out, yeah, to make it like better or more perfect, I think that would be it. So I felt about John Wick too. Like the John Wick three also um, was like the whole scene from Halle Berry to when he cuts off his finger. Mm. I don't think that movie needed that at all. Sure, um, but but you know. But I like this idea. Exactly. Not that every movie needs it, obviously. Well, then that sometimes that would be the answer. I think we should consider that in the danger zone. It could be fun. Yeah. I mean, I think if it jumps out, I'm certainly going to say it. I don't know that I'm going to, well, I mean, I'm always kind of looking for that, but I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make a point that a movie needs to have stuff taken out, you know? Sure. Um, But if it does. Sure. Well, we're going to chop it up. Sure. Hell yeah. Uh, What else you got? I don't know. I think that was it, man. Just, I mean, I've praised this movie a lot. I think I'm there with it. I really did like it. It was well-written. It was original. It was a good take. It yeah. made me laugh. It was enjoyable. Overall, very good movie. Congratulations okay. to Olivia Wilde for her directorial yeah. debut. She's a badass. She's a great actress. Look forward to seeing what she does in the future. Dope. Okay, that's Booksmart. Yeah. Uh, quickly here, if you're on Patreon, we released a bonus episode where we kind of discussed the ending of Game of Thrones, um, and we got a couple of emails. want to shout out Nick and Austin. Nick Land, Austin Smith. Thanks, guys. Uh, Nick, the meme was very funny. Austin, I had read your comments on Facebook, but I appreciate you reiterating about uh, Tyrion, sort of his sort of role and everything. Um, it's one of it's become one of the highlights for me. I'm like, yes, at least we still have this. Mm-hmm. Um, I will kind of push back as that does not make up for everything else that went wrong. Correct. But I do think that that sort of perspective you offered with with Tyrion's uh, intellectual redemption is is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So thanks for those emails. If you want to send us an email, you can do that at fhccast at gmail.com. You can send us a message through our website, freshlapcinema.com, uh, or you can reach out to us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and you can follow us on Untapped or Letterboxd for movie and beer reviews. I think that's it. That's it. This yeah. has been a great Memorial Day weekend. I'm happy to end my four days off recording with you, young Maxwell. It's been a pleasure as always. Indeed, sir. Uh, if you guys want to get ahead of the game and watch the movie with us for next week. We're going to be covering Brightburn. So if you want to listen along and have already seen it, go check that out. Watch it. The episode will be dropping next Tuesday. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye, guys. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.